You're listening to Sacks in the Basement, a production of the Broadcast Basement Limited, where every show is 30 minutes of good and comes from a basement bar on the south side of Chicago. Pull up a stool, pour a cold one, and join us right now for Sacks in the Basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always at SacksInTheBasement.com. All right, so we've got a guest down here, and it's not Ron Kittle. Ron oh, Kittle man. update's coming on in a little bit. Okay, there is movement on the Ron Kittle front. Nice. Okay, but we got uh, my my three year old son is down here because there's nobody here to watch him. The kids are in school. Uh, we're recording on a day where he doesn't have half day preschool. My wife's at work instead of working from home, and uh, he's hopefully going to be satisfied playing with his toy trains on the ground for the next thirty minutes. But there's a possibility he'll just hear him. So I mean, like. You know, it, it just I just want you to know if you there's a any, toddler running about down here. So if here, you hear any inane babble, it's next, not coming. It's right. not coming from me. Like we're not we're not drunk down here. Right. We're, you know, some other podcasts on the on the on the network. <laughs> you know, there's only question. one. There's only one. Except the other day, I did the local one for Evergreen Park. I got a local Evergreen Park, Illinois podcast. I saw. Okay, and um, I I was wine night with my wife. She does one of those Cooper's Hawk memberships. We're like, you, you, I don't know if you've done this before. Your wife's I'm, in the wine. Are I'm you in- familiar. I'm familiar right. with this. Yes, right. I'm familiar with this. Like, what happens is, is you, uh, you, you basically pay for a monthly subscription, and you get to go to something like two wine tastings a, a month or something, and then you get a free bottle of wine or you whatever two, it is. Well, the way I got to sign up is she gets two free bottles of wine, and two people get to go to the wine tasting. So this is her way. Like every month, she's like toward the end of the month, she's like, oh my god, like, like August is ending tomorrow. We have to go get our free tasting. I'm like, it's okay. We got plenty of wine around here. I'm tired. We're not, we're getting our free tasting. Like, she drags me out the door. Like, she looked at the kids and was like, so uh, older ones watch the younger ones. We're out the door. And uh, I'm, I'm... Hey, man, you got to get your money's worth. Drink it at 4.30 in the afternoon on a Thursday up at Cooper's Hawk because she's got to get her wine tasting in. And then she's like, now nah, we should go get an appetizer. or Now nah, we should go get this. I mean, it was just like this whole things she was doing and you know and and then we couldn't get a seat so she's like well let's go to the bar we sit at the bar we were there for a while the yankees that day i think weren't they i think so and then i went back and had to record the local evergreen park podcast and i was bombed nice like i i i was just ripped i felt so bad for everybody else that was down here with me that day because i was just like yeah let's do a show i'm fine i was like harry carey in the booth (laughs) mid 80s or mid mid seventies with the White Sox. At some point, I was Harry Carey. That's what I was. Not as entertaining, but that's what I was. What's up, little man? What do you want? Yeah, none of this that you're saying is English. Are you just telling a gibberish story? Right. Okay. Very good. You know who he sounds like? He sounds like people on Twitter arguing over Eloy Jimenez. I was just going to say Go that. Go play, okay? Go play. I got to talk about White Sox baseball. Hit the road. Stop shaking your head at me. You're three. I'll lock you in the closet. You want my daddy to lock you in the closet? Okay, go, go play, okay? I'll give you a treat afterwards, okay? He's some not a, he's get not some a fruit dog, snacks, okay? dude. I'll get you some fruit snacks if you go play. It's not like go you bribe him go with in treats. Your area. Get out of here. That's what you can do when they're toddlers. It's pretty much like a, oh, okay. a, glorified, well, I, I, a glorified puppy. I don't know. I don't have kids or <laughs> I don't have kids or dogs. So you know what do I know? All of this, all of this. He's singing jingle bells behind me now. 
all of this um, Eloy Jimenez talk. So there are a lot of upset people about this. So so he's not getting called Han up. Came, he, didn't come up out, he didn't come so up in Han, September. So, and he's, not, he's not coming up till next year. Right. Rick Hahn came out and said, okay, Eloy Jimenez will not be up here this year. So, and, and he put the squash on it right then and there. Um, a lot of people are upset about this because they feel that, you know, well, first of all, they all want to win now for some reason. Okay. I mean, even though there's like what, 30 games left, but you know, they want to see, they want to see Eloy up here right now. He needs to be here. He needs to be here up here right now, up here right now. Um, so we talked before we, we started recording today, you, Chris had some, uh, pretty solid theories that you wanted to share about why it would actually be detrimental. I think it's detrimental to the team to bring him up right now. Okay, I why think is it, why missing is, the biggest so, point? So here. why is that? And and the thing is, what I'm going to say is not different from anything that I've led up to over the last couple of months of Socks in the Basement podcast shows. Because I've been hinting at it and then coming full-fledged on telling people that something is going on here that is important. And Eloy Jimenez coming up makes the process that I'm watching and that is getting hashed out right now, it gets in the way of it and it's detrimental to the team. You can sit there and say service time, service time, service time, and I'm sure that the White Sox are keeping him down because of service time. But for anybody to say there isn't another reason and I think- to keep him down, the reason is right now we are watching not only a team that has come alive with their bats, but we are watching the three men enters, one man leaves competition. Between Nicky Delmonico, In the Matt outfield. Davidson, and Daniel, Daniel Palka. Palka. Right. This, these guys, the other day, they play a game where where Pelka um, ties the game in the ninth and Davidson walks off in the ninth. And earlier in the game, Delmonico had a home run. All three of they were the whole offense for the team. I was watching that game. You're right. So we watched it. Uh, we were at Buffalo Wild Wings. Uh, this was uh, Sunday, I believe. This was either, this was the Sunday game, I think. Or no, it was the Monday game. I'm sorry. We long weekend. You're right. It was bottom of the ninth. They were down. Uh, Davidson comes up, hits the home run. Right. Couple of bats no, later. No, no, it, it was Pelka. Oh, hit Pelka the tying hits the tying one. I'm sorry, right. and then Davidson comes up and right. hits the the uh, the walk off home run. Now you're right because we've talked about this. You have a big competition going on right now for outfield spots. The the White Sox. I've talked about this on Facebook. The White Sox are super, 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 super deep in the outfield when it comes to players that are up here now or players that are going to be prospects that are going to be coming up. I even venture to add another name into this you know Thunderdome competition that I a guy who I was really dark on before but he has started to turn it around both with offense and defense you can start to add Adam Engel yeah but Adam Engel I don't put him in this competition because he's going to be he's he's in a center field competition you see what I'm saying the other guys are in corner outfield competitions I think it's actually more likely that there's another guy in the competition and I'll get it into him in a little bit because I don't want to lose the point of what I want to, I want to get this point across okay. as to why Eloy bringing him up right now would be a detriment because what we're seeing is we're seeing the rise of Matt Davidson that we always wanted a couple of years ago. Okay. okay. Over the last 30 games, his OPS is 883. 883. Over the last how many games? 30 games. 30 games. Okay. okay. He's got a 308 average. He's slugging 526. He's got an 883 OPS, okay? And and his post-All-Star numbers also continue to show the rise of Matt Davidson. 
Matt Davidson is hitting has an 875 OPS since the All-Star break and is slugging 526, hitting 287. If Matt Davidson continues to do what he's doing, Matt Davidson has to have a, non, a spot on your team. Yes. And he and and this is this is this will be to the detriment of the team if you bring in a Jimenez because now you can't move these guys around. The the best thing that could have happened to this team, and I'm I'm gonna say it, it's gonna aggravate people that I'm gonna say it. The best thing that happened to this team was Abreu got injured. Abreu got injured and it opened up first base now, and you can now add these guys into the lineup even more. I'm sorry, Jose, you're the best hitter on this team, bar none. But at this point, you were never going to bench him so you could give development to these other guys because he's your star. No, but the no. season is over, and look at what has happened since he's gotten injured. Look at the because look at when yes, these guys get regular playing time, happened we're finding is, something out about them. And if you bring Jimenez up, that regular playing time goes away, and you're not going to see what you have. Right. Why not use this time now to find out who's the best and who you're going to keep? Because you're not going to keep all three of them. You could basically say the same thing about like when Avisail Garcia went down or has been, you know, he's been on and off the roster this right. year. It's opened up spots for people like Palka, Davidson. Uh, whoever, you know, seeing what you've got out there in your corner outfielder. And, and and this is important because the idea that just because a guy is a top 100 prospect on MLB.com, that's the only reason, those are the only guys that can be part of this rebuild is crazy. There are guys that are going, that were, Matt Davidson was a big name who has taken a long time to develop. If this is his moment, this is something we don't want to hinder. We want to help. We've put in the time with him. Let's see if he can do it. Right now, he's showing me he can. In fact, to be honest with you, oh, God, I'm itching to talk about the next step, but I, I want to get through the Yemenes thing. Hold on a second. So I like the regular playing time. I do think that Davidson is winning the three-man enter, one-man leaves. I know everybody's in love with Daniel Pelka because he's so funny. You know what I'm saying? Well, and he hits but a lot Daniel, of home runs. Yeah, but he gets them all at the end. He said it perfect the other day. I don't do anything for the eighth inning, and then I just try to hit a home run in the ninth. <laughs> I, mean, I, I, mean, it, I mean, it's funny that he said it. It's hysterical, and I love that he's doing it, but the guy's under the guy is under 700 on his OPS. Under 700, okay? His on-base percentage is under 300. Well, he's his, one of these his guys. His slugging percentage. Slug, now you say, oh, he hits a lot of home runs. His slugging percentage in the last 30 days is under 400, okay? Yeah. So, does he have the machismo? Does he have the charisma? Does he have the love of Section 108? Uh, yes, he does. <sighs> okay, do the fans love him? Is he a folk hero? Yes, he is. Is he beating Matt Davidson for a job right now? No. And him and Delmonico, I think, the way that Davidson is starting to separate himself from the pack, these two guys are really in competition. You bring up Jimenez, it's over. You come up, You bring up Jimenez right now, you stunt Pelka's ability to come back in this last month and show you something, and you stunt Delmonico's ability to come back in the next month. It Why not? Because guess what? All three of these guys are not on the team next year. You already know you have Jimenez next year. It benefits you in every possible way at this point in the season to keep Jimenez down. I completely agree with it. I know people are mad at me for that, but how can you be mad about Jimenez not being up and then tell me you're a Daniel Pelka fan or you want to see Delmonico do something or you want to see Davidson doing something? You can't be one and then the other. You have to choose. There's not enough room. I told, I got into it a little bit on Facebook on one of the threads where, um, yeah, again, people were, you know, people were just sort of bemoaning the the Eloy Jimenez thing, and I had already, I pretty much said what you did, where it's like, when Jimenez comes up, 
he is going to be taking somebody's job and you have to figure out he's moving right in he's moving into right field right you have okay. to fit you got to figure out what you've got Garcia's first losing all, right field. you got he's got to go someplace else you got to figure out what you got in all of these other guys the Polkas, the davidsons the delmonicos before you make that move i basically look i agree with you and I don't necessarily know, look, there's this problem, not problem, but there's this uh, uh, argument too, to where people are like, oh, well, you're creating all of this bad will between the Eloy Jimenez camp and the White Sox camp by keeping him down for the rest of the year. I, I don't think so. I don't really think so. I mean, again, compare it to the Chris Bryant thing. Compare it to Vlad Guerrero going on right now in, 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 in Toronto. This is not the only guy that's being held down for service time in right, Major League right. Baseball right now. Right. And Guerrero Jr. is actually ranked higher than Jimenez. Right. And the other thing about it is it's if when you look at what's happening, it's not just simply, oh, we want to save a year of service time on, you know, Eloy's contract. Look, if Eloy, if they wanted to burn a year of service time, they could because the Sox have nothing but money to spend in the next three, four, five years or right. whatever. I guess so that. so they're gonna they're gonna be able to pay Eloy Jimenez if he comes up and he is as advertised. So it's not even about, you know, burning you know, burning the year of service time. I mean, yes, it's nice. Here's the most likely thing that happens. If Jimenez hits, the White Sox will probably sign him to a long term deal before they even get to that extra year of service time because they're not gonna run a roll the dice of him be leaving the team. You right. See what I'm saying? Right. And 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 if they do that, trust me. They're going to give a lot of money. His two agents are not going to be very upset about it, and he's going to be smiling all the way to the bank. See what I'm saying? There is, so there I, don't, is, I don't think this hurts because I've never seen a player say, man, they screwed me on the service time, so even though they're offering me $100 million now, screw them. I've never seen that before. Eloy Jimenez. And there's more than just service time in this argument, and Eloy, I think people are missing that. Eloy Jimenez knows what the deal is. I mean, he knows that this is just going to be – This, is, this is just part of the business. This is business. Okay? Right. This is business. That's what this is. And there is a benefit to these other guys getting a chance. Because there's one other guy that I, I am going to loop in to the three men enter, one man leaves. Now I'm now, Are we it, talking corner outfielders I, still? I, no, I'm, I'm going to tell you why I believe this. I believe that it's actually four men enter and two men leave. For corner outfielders? No, because I'm also just, going okay. to push in third base. Okay. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. I want to know why Matt Davis is not getting a chance to play third, and I want to know why you wouldn't want a guy that's putting up the numbers he's putting up over Yomer Sanchez. I love the fact that he ran across in front of home plate and dumped a giant thing of Gatorade on his head. He's hysterical, okay? But he's a he's a solid utility infielder. I'm watching Davidson play first base. I have seen several plays where he dives and makes a play, where he's quick on his feet and he's at the other corner, I don't know why he's not getting an opportunity from Ricky Renteria to stand at third base during this point when it doesn't matter, he's a natural third baseman, and think of what you would have. We yell, I yelled about this last week, the lack of a plan at third base. Why would you not take a guy who you brought on the team as a third baseman, who has shown defensively, that he is able to field first base pretty well. He's done fairly well out of position in the corner infield. Why not move him over there for a couple of games and see if you can get a guy who, since the all-star break, 
has hit 287 with a 528 slugging percentage and an 875 OPS over a third. Over the guy you have at third now who hit 236 in the second half with a 325 slugging percentage and a 666 OPS. Wh- which one would you rather have at a position that needs to produce? And what is Yomar Sanchez doing that is so special that he makes up for all the runs that he can't get you at the plate? So I have questions then about this. So Because I have a theory, but real quick, because you have it in front of you, I don't. How many games has Davidson played at third base this year? Like, have they? has he had any reps at third base this year at all whatsoever? As you're looking that up. Matt Davidson has played, has started 12 games at third base this year. He has been there for a total of 14 games. Okay. Okay, so his not a lot. Fielding a lot. percentage. His fielding percentage is comparable to Sanchez's. Uh, 963 for Sanchez, 949 for Davidson. They both. Uh, it's uh, not sa- very good. They both, saber, they both saber metrically under the range factor are pretty much the same. 2.75 to 2.64. Um, they, uh, Sanchez has 13 errors and Davis has two. Of course, Sanchez has played far more times. Davidson's turned five double plays though. Okay. Five double plays in 12 starts at third and Sanchez is at 122 starts in third and only has 25 double plays. So if you looked at just percentage wise, Davidson seems to be able to turn the double play from third better than Sanchez has in the short sample size that we have. But th- those two guys, I mean, like, they're, there's, they're, they're almost mirroring each other in their defensive splits right now at third base. But one guy's got 120 games started there, and the other guy has 12. My theory behind it, and I'm not saying it's right, because I again whatever I, it is, I think it's wrong. No, I agree with I you. I really want to see Matt Davis to go over to third base well, and, fi- and and see what's going on. Just to, the guy just, is coming alive. Just, why don't why don't you want to see what happens? Just to here? play just to play devil's advocate. You know, you've had Yomer at third base there all year. Yomer, with the exception of post All Star break, has been one of the more solid players on the team overall. Plus, I think it might be one of those things to where, you know, Yomar has seemed to step into more of the more of a leadership role. But I with don't the care team. about that. No, I know you don't care about that, but I'm just I listen, I don't I'm not I'm playing devil's advocate. I'm just saying that could be they want to see if they if if Yomer can get out of it so that he could go into the offseason on a high note rather than a low note. All right. I mean, I don't, I, again, I listen, I agree with you. Third base typically has to be a power hitting position in major league baseball, especially in the American league at your third base, at your corner spots, you want power hitters. You want guys that can mash there. All right. Davidson, Davidson fits that. Okay. The big problem with Davidson up until now is that his, his, his average has been suspect, but he's pulling out of that now. So yes, I agree with you. Davidson would be, I think a better long-term solution at third base than Yomer Sanchez would. You would also get, you would solve the problem of third base, but you would also solve the problem of, okay, we have all of these corner outfielders and they're all performing well, you know, we got to cut some of them, but you don't want to. So that would solve that problem there. I'm just thinking that might okay. be why you're you still seeing it You said something interesting, and I just want to bring it up because right now there's a couple people who are nodding along going, well, yeah, I mean, look at your, he's talking about the second half, and what about the whole year? Okay, fine, I'll give you the whole year stats. Yomer Sanchez at third base, 133 games played for the season, 250, 
with a 317 on base percentage and a 379 slugging percentage with a 697 OPS. I mean, that's replacement level at best. That's I below get that. replacement level. That's below okay, replacement, below replacement level. level at the plate. And, and Matt Davidson, okay, he he got the average up. Remember, you can go back to the first episode ever of Socks in the Basement in May. I remember this. And I said, if Matt Davidson could get me 240, 250 by the end of the year, and show me pop in the bat. That is a guy who I add to my list that's part of this team continuing on next year and the years beyond that, if he could continue to do that. He had a terrible start to the season. He's hitting 240 with a 464 slugging percentage, and it is a tick under the 800 OPS that makes me say, I love a guy when he's got that. He's got a 799 OPS. I want him at third. Overall for the year. For the year. Okay. For the year. Huge second half, and he's showing you something. Think about this. I just want to put this out there. Abreu, Mancada, Anderson, Davidson, those guys across. That's a nice land field. Navarez sitting behind the catcher spot. Zebby Zavala coming up, and you get to try him out next year while Zach Collins gets closer to coming up to you. Yomer Sanchez is a utility infielder for you. Angles out in center field. If he continues to do what he's been doing, you could throw in a few other pieces that you might, you're going to want to look at another guy. Everybody's got their guys. I like Tilson. I like Lamar. I get Robert up here as quickly as possible. Whatever. Okay. And then Jimenez in right field. And now you sit there and you're able to say, I don't need to give up yet on Delmonico and, and Pelka. And, and I got Garcia. I got those put, three guys Because you there. platoon them in left slash I DH. Some, I can yeah. do some platooning slash DH with these guys. And I can keep all three of them into next year or at least be able to keep two of those three guys that are out there and pick up somebody or bring somebody else up. You're more solid as a team. Oh, yeah. If That's... you let if you find out what Davidson can do and you don't have a lot of options at third, I don't get it. It is the most frustrating thing going on right now with the White Sox, in my opinion, is, is the lack of a chance that Matt Davidson has had at third base the way he is hitting. And the way Yomer Sanchez is just going along doing his thing. I love that he dumps stuff over his head. I love that he's the funny guy in the dugout. You need guys like that. I'm not saying get rid of him, but why isn't Matt Davidson playing out of third base more often? I mean, you can, ha- yeah, yeah. You guys, what you're just, what you're talking about there is, you know, who you're just talking about with Yomer Sanchez. This name just popped in my head. He's your Willie Harris. Well, here's yeah. He's he's well, that he's that guy. He's that he's that pinch runner guy. He's that utility infielder guy. That's just all he's doing for the whole game when he's not in there is he's just running Jittering. around in the dugout and making Carl making Everett a bunch said, of Carl Everett yeah. said he was the key to the whole World Series. I laughed my ass off when that happened. But okay, funnily, I'm pretty sure oddly, AJ oddly and Jermaine die and 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 even Scotty Pods having the greatest year of his life and you know and 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 you just go down the list. All those guys. The, you know, the, the big four pitchers and, and everything else. All those guys, they weren't as important as Willie Harris in the mind of Carl Everett. But then again, he didn't believe in dinosaurs either. So, I mean, that's, but that's what you have. Here, listen, White Sox fans, it's a fun second half. And I'm having just as much fun as the rest of you. I cheer for Yomer. I think Daniel Pelka's hysterical. But when I sit back and I look at the team in the future, I say Pelka could be as funny as he wants to be, but he's got to be more consistent and do better if he's going to stick on this team. And, and Yomer Sanchez is a utility infielder. Problem, and if you think other than that, you are wishing for a guy to do better because you like his personality when he may not have the talent. Well, that's what I was just that's what I was just gonna say about Palka. It seems to be like, you know, Sox Nation is in love with him. 
not because of his raw stats, but because of those reasons. Sox because Sox Nation wants to sit down and have a beer with him. Yes. Sox because Nation, everybody in Sox Nation wants to run into Daniel, Daniel Pelk in a bar and have a beer with him. They think he'd be a blast. Because he's a because he's a funny guy, because he's got, you know, he's got the personality, and because, you know, he hits home runs at, hits, at high profile yeah, times. Pelk smash. Right. Big moments. You're up there going, let's go. I mean, like, I mean, it's He's clutch, Chris. What? That's what they say. They guess say what? he's they say guess he's what? clutch. That runs out though. That runs out. Oh, I know. It ran out for Joe Creedy. Joe Creedy was a better player than Daniel Pelka has been so far in his career. It ran out for Paul Canerco. Paul Paulie had it. Paulie Paulie had slowly tapered off later on in his career to clutch moments. There were many games where I sat there with White Sox fans in the stands and like, well, here comes Paulie, man. He's gonna do it. It didn't. It didn't. Okay. In the end, baseball baseball's cruel. Baseball makes everything even out. If you have the most home runs in the ninth inning in Major League Baseball like Daniel Pelka has now, that's never going to happen again. There isn't like a stat where it's like some guy did that for four or five straight years, so it's totally worth what he was doing. Like I said, I'm rooting for him. He's one of the reasons I'm totally fine with Eloy being out there because I want him to get as much playing time as possible because I see the potential. But we all have to start to differentiate between guys that we really like and guys that are going to help us win a World Series. Do you want to have a team you really like, or do you want to have a team that wins the World Series? I want to win the World Series. I want to go back and do that again. The, one of the greatest nights of my life is walking into game one, and there's signs everywhere, and I'm so upset that I didn't think of it, but really most of White Sox Nation figured out, Houston, you have a problem. It was great. The big giant sign in, in, in right field during game one that said, what the attendance at Wrigley tonight? Hysterical. I want that again. I want it. And so as much as I love people and as much as I think these guys are cool, some of them are not going to be here when 2020 hits. And so let's see what they have. Let's see who makes it. I love the fact that when given playing time, Matt Davidson has answered the bell. Now reward him and put him at third base a couple times a week. Because that's what he wants. He said it in the interview at the beginning of the year to Scott King, who's been on this show twice. Okay, and okay. Scott has told me, and he said it on his podcast, this guy wants to play third base. He still sees himself as a third baseman. He's upset that he's not a third baseman, and he's channeled that anger into a beast ha second half of the season, and he's earned it. Put him in there. I want to see him play it a few times. If he goes out there and he makes three freaking errors, all of you can sit there and say, well, Chris, you were wrong. You cost us a game, and I'll be like, who cares? We're going to end up 30 games under 500 anyway. Let's just find out what the guy can do. Right. Okay. Yomer can go out there in the ninth inning. After Matt, after Matt Davidson turns a double play, Yomer can step, stand up at the top of the steps and pour Gatorade over himself. Okay? We'll do that. Everybody's happy. He can walk out and pour Gatorade on himself. Matt Davidson can go out and play third base. We can get both worlds. Keep a camera on Yomer for nine innings. Run it as an internet feed on the White Sox homepage. Yomer Cam. It's kind of like what they used to do with... Um, yeah, it's, it's what they used to... Bears used to do with Butkus, remember? Right. They used to have just uh, one camera guy on Dick Butkus the whole right. time because the rest of the team was so bad. Do, do Yomer Cam, but let Matt Davidson play third base for a little while. Okay? Everybody's happy. Everybody's happy. I mean, do you see it happening now? We have got, you know, like in September. I mean, do you, do you it see it happening happen. now? Or do you see it happening like... Maybe is this a spring training thing? Listen, I, the White Sox... The White Sox... You have to continue to reevaluate players at all times. If you gave up on him last year, I get it. If you started the season saying Matt Davison's not a third baseman and he hasn't shown us what we what we thought he was going to give us, and we really only gave up Addison Reed for him, so it's not really that big of a deal, and it didn't work out, 
and he'll just be a backup that we get in there, but most likely he's not going to develop. That's fine. I understand that you felt that way as an organization to start the year. Even if you wouldn't say that publicly, I understand it. But at this point, you can't look at what he's been doing consistently since the All-Star break and his overall for the entire year. And the fact that the defensive metrics show that he is not a, a drop-off that is significant in any way from Yomer Sanchez, why you wouldn't put him out there for a few games and see what you got? Because you don't have an answer at third base. Because guess what? If your answer is Yomer Sanchez at third base, no, you're probably not the gonna, rebuild's you're not over. Gonna, you're not going to win The rebuild's over. Cancel the rebuild. I don't care how many Eloy Jimenez's you have out there. If at third base you have that kind of a hole in your lineup, cancel the rebuild. Cancel it. Uh, so I, find out what he has. And like I said, like Yomer, <clears throat> looks like a fun guy. He's going to be a great utility infielder. He's going to be able to spell guys. He's going to be able to go in the short. He's going to be able to go in on, on second. But try out try out Matt Davidson. That's all I want. I know I got excited today. No, that's okay. I just, you, you know. You know, the whole show turned into me yelling about why isn't Matt Davidson playing third base. But again, this is why Eloy can't come up. This is all tied in together. Okay, the Eloy thing is tied into Davidson, Pelka, Yomer Sanchez, uh, Nicky Delmonico. What do we have out there? What do we got? Because guess what? In the offseason, moves are going to happen. And they may go out and get a free agent. And they may go and draw, and wave a guy or two off their 40-man roster that you don't expect. Stuff's happening. This is it. One month. And it's over. And now, and then this team is not going to be the same team when it comes back next year. It's going to be better. Right. And you're going to have to face the truth that at some point, some guy that you think is really funny or cool or awesome is going to not be on the team anymore. Because the goal is not to be funny and awesome. The goal is to win World Series. I want to win World Series. And I say that right now in the midst of the greatest month of White Sox baseball in really the last almost 10 years. They've been playing really the last seven, like they've been playing almost 700 baseball. It's incredible. Another show is wrapped up. Another show's in the books. Another show is wrapped up. And then by the looks, it's going to be a good one. And we'll see you next week. And the nude is Another show is wrapped up, another show is wrapped up, another show is wrapped up, and it's in the books. Another show is wrapped up, another show is wrapped up, and by the looks, it's gonna be a good one. Nudie's Basement, broadcast, Basement, the Nudie's Basement, the Broad Basement. Slancha. That was like Dropkick Murphys or something, right? I felt like it. Uh, free agency next year. I don't know if we really. There, there's a construction project yeah, going we got, on here yeah, next to me. Yeah, we got city workers. Can you right? stop banging on that? I'm doing a podcast. So you brought this up. Take your union break. Yes. Three-year-olds. Socks in the Basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found. And always on SocksInTheBasement.com.